coming up next on the Cultural Connections Podcast. Giving Back to the Global Community, Part 3. We'll be joined by Jamie Doyle, Director of Communications for Rosie's Place in Boston, Massachusetts. This episode is being recorded live on Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. This is the Cultural Connections Podcast. And hello, everybody. My name is Brian Ives, and I am the producer and the host of the Cultural Connections Podcast. Before I introduce ours today, I want to remind all of our viewers that we are recording this episode live on Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. This episode is being live streamed on Facebook today. If you have questions for, that means if you have questions for our guests that you would like answered at all during the half hour that we are here live, feel free to comment below and we'll do our best to make sure we get your questions answered. Uh, my get, Today, we are going to be continuing our discussion on our, our part three of our series of giving back to the global community. All month long and on the Cultural Connections podcast for the month of December, we are going to be focusing on a different organization that is giving back to the global community. And today's organization is Rosie's Place that we'll be spotlighting. Joining me on the, via Zoom on the podcast today is Jamie Doyle. Jamie is the Director of Communications for, the, uh, for Rosie's Place. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for- Glad to be here. Great. Thank you again. So my first question to you as we begin, and I have this with every single episode of the podcast, I have my guests tell, uh, tell our viewers a little bit about themselves, a little bit about your background, and then we'll get to the organization as a whole. Sure, sure. Well, um, so I've been at Rosie's Place for 12 years now. Um, for almost 11 of them, I was um, director of foundation and corporate relations, uh, writing grant reports and proposals and all sorts of materials, mostly for our donor community. Um, and for the past year or so, I've been the director of communications. Um, so it's really another opportunity to keep continue telling the stories of Rosie's Place in our community, everybody from our guests to our volunteers and our staff, uh, really just to a wider audience. So um, time has flown, and I can't believe I'm saying it's been 12 years, but it has, and it's been a great 12 years, and uh, here I am. Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> um, my next question to you is for our viewers and our listeners that don't really know, can you explain what Rosie's Place is? Sure, absolutely. Um, Rosie's Place, uh, we really consider ourselves um, a community center. Um, we have wraparound services. We have, I think a lot of people think of us as a shelter, and we certainly are. We have um, a 20-bed overnight shelter. Um uh, but we also have wraparound services, everything from advocacy, um, which helps women um, with everything from a Charlie ticket to um, help um, finding and securing housing and long-term assistance um, with more sort of complex needs. Uh, we have legal services, we have mental health supports, we have um, recovery support, we have a public policy program, we have a food pantry um, that's uh, remarkably uh, grown during the pandemic. We have a dining room um, that serves uh, three meals a day, 365 days a year. Um, So we have really wraparound services. We have a wellness center. Um, We have a women's education center that offers free ESOL ESOL and literacy um, and technology classes. So we really think if there's, uh, we really just built on the concept of um, rather than sending a woman 
across town with a referral or an appointment, um, we really try to bring as much of our assistance on site as we can. Um, and now um, in the past two years, that also means going remote. So not everything is either on site or um, sort of accessible through Rosie's place. But um, yeah, so we're kind of a community, community center for poor and homeless women here in Boston. Great, and we're going to get more into the uh, impacts of the pandemic in just a few minutes. But before sure. we get there, uh, let's talk about what is the overall mission then for Rosie's Place? Sure. Uh, Rosie's Place is here to serve, um, to provide a sanctuary for poor and homeless women, um, to treat them in the most compassionate and dignified manner we can. Um, and uh, yeah. Great. Um, now, you've been obviously involved with the organization, as you said, for at least 12 years. Over those 12 years, how have you seen the organization grown uh, and how has, the how has Rosie's Place grown over the last 12 years? Sure, sure. Um, well, I should say, too, maybe just to go back a bit, um, that uh, Rosie's Place is the first emergency shelter for women in the nation. So um, that really um, sets us apart in that um, we were founded by Kip Tiernan in 1974, um, when she saw folks, uh, women dressing up as men to receive services. Um, and the thought was, you know, why, why are women doing this? She was asking all the, the providers, why would they be doing this? And of course, number one is that it's, you know, it's quite vulnerable and dangerous to be a woman uh, on the streets. But number two, really, um, you know, all these providers were saying, well, there, there are no homeless women. That's not, that's not a challenge. That's not a problem. And she said, well, of course there are. Um, and we can do better. So she opened Rosie's place. Um, with the thought that uh, the premise that we would welcome every woman as our guests unconditionally, um, and we would also accept no government funding, um, which to the state we have not. We accept no federal, state, or local um, government funding. Um, so that really sets us apart. So those premises, those um, that creed of ours really has never changed uh, over the past uh, decades. Um, in the past 12 years, I've seen... Um, Seeing that, of course, has always remained our one of our really kind of our compass. Um, but yeah, in, in recent years, of course, most of all, it's really been the pandemic. Um, but before that, it's just a lot of growth. Um, we've really grown our programs, um, just always constantly evolving to meet the needs of our guests, which are changing. Um, whether it's, you know, um, when I came on, it was really um, the economy, it was really down and we were seeing more women um, in our emergency services at the time than ever before. Um, so we added hours to our pantry and um, extended services um, across the boards. And then of course, um, most recently, which I know we'll touch upon is the pandemic, which is really just unprecedented. And, and similarly, we just um, pivoted and grew a lot of programs in response to the need that was so dire. Absolutely, definitely. Uh, and before we continue, I just want to quickly remind all of our viewers that are just tuning in slash listening onto this podcast that you are listening or watching the Cultural Connections podcast. We're recording this episode live on Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. And we're continuing our series on giving back to the global community. And today's organization that we are spotlighting is Rosie's Place. We are joined by Jamie Doyle, Director of Communications for Rosie's Place. And if you have a question you would like answered today at all during the podcast, please feel free to comment below here on Facebook and we'll do our best to make sure you get your answers to your question. Uh, my next question is getting now into mm -hmm. the pandemic, as you have uh, mentioned a couple of times. How has the this global COVID-19 pandemic impacted the work that Rosie's Place does? Sure. Um, 
yeah, it's it's so hard to believe that here we are in another December and the pandemic. But um, yeah, throughout this horrible pandemic, Rosie's Place is we've never closed our doors, never missed a day, never missed a beat. Um, we've really just evolved. Um, we've just seen women coming to us, um, use more women than ever before. And really just with the most, for our unhoused guests, it's really been the most basic and you know now most critical needs, whether it's a place to wash your hands, a place to be safe for the day, a place where you can safely social distance. Um, and of course, places to, we provide you know meals and snacks throughout the day. Um, so for homeless women, it was really um, showers, all, all the things that we provided uh, throughout the years just uh, became more critical and more in demand. Um, for our unhoused, for our housed guests, um, we have been working to um, provide all sorts of supports um, with around eviction prevention and, you know, um, when there was such great housing loss at the beginning of the pan, uh, excuse me, job loss at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so we really um, looked at the model of really, we assessed all of our programs. It was really, you know, we kind of took it as sort of a crisis opportunity um, to see how we could be of better service to our guests. Um, so for, that means in our dining room, you know, we have two seatings for each meal so we can accommodate um, social distancing and um, not have um, folks lining up too closely. Um, in our pantry, our food pantry, we have literally tripled its capacity since pre-pandemic levels. Um, so we're now serving 350 households every day. Um, and we have moved that pantry um, to the window of our Women's Education Center so that folks, um, because that's a large number of women to be either waiting or waiting in line, um, are now able to safely social distance outside. And of course, in the groceries we're providing every day, um, we're also providing household essentials. Um, since the very beginning, we've had so many great donations of masks, um, cleaning products, hand sanitizer. And so of course, those are the things that our guests need just as much as we do, if not more, um, uh, because they're not able to afford them or even you know, attain them. So um, that's been an important part of our um, response uh, through our through a pantry and also um, our eviction prevention and housing stabilization supports, which are helping women who are their stability is rather fragile. They're living paycheck to paycheck, or they've just got housing, um, and it's you know one one sickness, one sick day could set them back. Um, through our legal program, our advocacy, and our housing stabilization programs, um, we really uh, we've increased those appointments and those services by seventy percent. Um, since over the course of the pandemic. So that's really where we're seeing a lot of our growth. Of course, our um, ESOL and our um, technology classes through our Women's Education Center, those are now hybrid. For a long time now, they've been remote and we've just opened them up to, um, to being hybrid. So um, having some on site, um, but you know, we kind of realized like a lot of folks, I think across sectors have that, um, you know, some things we'll never we'll never go back to now. I think some things we're really now that we have this in place, we have a remote call center for our advocates, so folks can um, call in rather than take you know a bus over here, or, you know, leave work or all sorts of stuff. They can call us um, when they have the time and from when they need the help from wherever they are, and that has seen tremendous growth. 
Um, so we have an advocacy and a legal help hotline. Um, and so uh, we really, like so many things, we will certainly be keeping those because we can see they're really impacting our guests positively. Absolutely. No, it's incredible. Uh, my next question to you is touching, you basically sort of touched upon, touched the surface on this, is about the programs and services that Rosie's Place offers to women. Can you explain what some of those programs and services are that you that are offered? Sure, sure thing. So we've certainly got our sort of emergency services. Um, the most basic we're talking about when an uh, unhoused woman comes in um, through our doors, she can sign up for a shower. She can sign up um, to use a computer or a telephone. Um, sort of just basic lifelines that um, women who are don't have an address, don't have a home, um, don't have. Uh, we are also a mailing address for hundreds of women. Um, so they might need, you know, just sort of those basic kind of things. And of course, food, uh, wellness check. We have a wellness center where we partner with um, several local agencies. Um, so that's staffed through the week. Um, so a woman will come in and, and can access all those things. We also have, um, like I mentioned, a food pantry for housed women, if you have, if you're, you have housing. Um, we also have our women's education program, which again, that um, has about 300 students each semester learning predominantly English as a second language. Um, we also have technology classes and tutoring one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so that if a woman needs help, um, you know, studying for her driver's license or um, her citizenship test, um, we have a tutor who will uh, work with her on that. Um, we have a public policy program that helps to really um, uh, advocate on the issues that really affect poor and homeless women, and also to engage our um, guests in um, public policy processes, everything from voting to um, testifying at the state house. Um, so what else we have, um, we, of course we have our overnight shelter and what really sets that apart is that in our overnight shelter, um, women can stay for three weeks at a time rather than just one night. So, um, so many shelters in the city, um, women are waiting in line to see if they can get a bed for the night and then they're leaving first thing in the morning, uh, the next day and then worrying about getting in line that day and how that's going to happen. So um, it's very hard to get any respite or any um, progress made when you're really um, just living um, just just to get in line for the bed. Um, so while, while three weeks is not um, you know a solution, it is definitely offers our guests, guests some time to connect with our other services here. Um, so that's really important. Uh, and I mentioned we have some uh, outreach and stabilization programs that help women who are housed um, remain housed. They could have um, mental illness, struggle with substance abuse disorder, um, just even have just language um, barriers, all sorts of challenges um, that um, could jeopardize, jeopardize their housing. Um, so we have roughly 80 women who we support um, through that program. And that's really, we're seeing that grow as well. We have a legal support um, program that helps women with everything from quarry checks and, and sealing quarries to um, family and immigration law. Um, and yeah, um, really have a spectrum of services. That's incredible. It's incredible to see I hear everything that's offered. 
and wonderful also. Uh, my next question to you, actually, before I get into my next question, let me just quickly again remind all of our viewers one more time here that if you are just tuning in or listening to us, you are watching or listening to the Cultural Connections podcast. Uh, we are talking today about giving back to the global community part three and our organization that we're spotlighting today is Rosie's Place and we're joined by uh, Jamie Doyle, Director of Communications for Rosie's Place. And uh, if you have a question you would like answered, please feel free to comment below here on Facebook where we are live streaming to today. Uh, my next question to you is talking about challenges. Now, besides the COVID-19 pandemic, what are some of the other challenges that the organization has faced in recent years? Uh, in recent years, I think it's really, <clears throat> me, um, just always being able to um, have the flexibility to tailor our help to our guests changing needs. Um, and um, we are really fortunate in that because we do not accept federal uh, state or local government money, we're able to be a little bit uh, more flexible in how we provide our help. Um, so that really allows us to tailor our services um, as to how we're, we're not tied to an administration or, um, you know, government grants that are, they're not always, um, not always a guarantee. So we are able right. to really um, evolve with our guest needs. So I think, um, you know, just this past, uh, goodness, uh, this fall, we were, we completed our renovations that we had um, put on hold, unfortunately, due to the, due to the pandemic, but we renovated um, a, a really large portion of our main facility on Harrison Avenue. Um, so we uh, brightened our lobby and our dining room. We expanded um, our meeting spaces and our sitting room um, to accommodate more women um, that we're seeing um, in the past, of course, two plus years. Um, and we added, yeah, meeting space for our growing um, staff, as well as privatized um, laundry and phone and computer spaces for our guests. So. Um, Projects like that um, are helping us to keep pace with our with our guest needs. Well, that's great. That is absolutely great to hear. My next question to you is talking about the most rewarding thing, at least in your perspective. What do you believe is the most rewarding uh, part of uh, when you see people coming in and out of uh, Rosie's place? What is the most rewarding thing you get? Hmm. Huh, good question. I think. I think for me, most rewarding, the most rewarding part of working at Rosie's Place is, is who I work with and how we work and who we serve. It's, it's really, I'm, I'm part of a great community um, and our guests are, are women of just resolve and resilience and they're really always inspiring with how, um, you know, they just get things done and um, they have, you know, what, whatever the challenge may be, um, together with them, we, we really work to figure things out. But I think being part of a community that uh, welcomes women so unconditionally and is able to provide help, um, you know, there's no expiration date for our help, which is also unusual for many organizations. So there's no eligibility requirements and there's no expiration date. So it's really lovely to be part of a community that's so, um, so welcoming and so unconditional with our compassion. Well, that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful to hear. Uh, my next question to you is that, that and the, the, is that with the Christmas holiday just a few days away, as we are re <laughs> we're recording this episode live on December twenty second, um, so a couple of days before Christmas holiday, what are some of the special? Is there anything special that the organization that Rosie's Place does during the holiday season for for women specifically? For sure. Them? Yeah. Um, 
Sure, so many things. So many things. I just spent a good portion of today of getting some more gifts for our holiday shop. Um, we provide this this season. We're providing one thousand um, holidays gift bags to our our guests with gift certificates and winter essentials like gloves, hats, mittens, um, and also um, some toiletries and hygiene kits, uh, blankets. Um, just just a nice. Um, holiday gift that our guests look forward to every year. So we were able to provide a thousand this year. This is um, the, the largest number we've been able to do. Um, and so that's part one and that, that's that been um, great, great success as always, thanks to a lot of our volunteers and donors who have really um, contributed, contributed so generously. Um, we also will have um, a two day really celebration of Christmas from in our dining room with DJ and music and We've already decked the halls and trimmed the tree and um, our dining room has got a lovely menu from brunch, a couple of brunches um, for two days straight and, and we're planning New Year's as well, but we'll celebrate with food and music and good friends. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. That's absolutely wonderful. My next question to you is thinking about now the future, moving ahead. Where do you see Rosie's Place 10 to 15 years from now? Hmm. Wow, and 15 years. Um, oh, you don't have to go that long, wherever you, however long you, whatever you look at the future. Sure, <laughs> sure. No, uh, it's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I, I uh, when I think of the future of Rosie's Place, I often think of our, our founder, Kip Tiernan, um, who is really, you know, quite a visionary. She helped found uh, Greater Boston Food Bank and um, Healthcare for the Homeless and a great many organizations um, in Greater Boston. Um, she often said, um, success for us will be when we have to close our doors, uh, when we're not, our help isn't needed anymore. Um, and there's no women who need our services. So I think until that happens, we're really, you know, working to not just only um, address the symptoms of poverty and homelessness, um, but really, you know, through our public policy and our social justice work, also work to address the, the root causes. So I think, however that may look, I think the pandemic, um, as we well know, unfortunately, we're not we're not through it. Um, and I think that like so many things of this nature um, that we'll, we will be dealing with the ramifications and the ripple effect of it for certainly the next few years um, down the line. Yeah. Um, and so we're really, um, you know, just as usual, just watchful of what what our guests are needing um, and how that looks, whether it's something as immediate as masks and hand sanitizer or more eviction prevention funds, more um, housing supports, more um, career support. So I think um, I think Rosie's Place um, will keep growing and working to, to address the needs as long as there are needs. That's great. And my next question to you is before we wrap, start to get uh, to reach the end of today's podcast. And again, sure. just a quick reminder of our viewers that we're, if you're just tuning in again, watching or listening, this is the Cultural Connections podcast. And we are live on Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021, talking about Rosie's Place with the Director of Communications, Jamie Doyle, uh, part three of our series of giving back to the global community. But as we start to get reach the end of our podcast today, uh, people, uh, people are interested in making a charitable donation to Rosie's Place. How can they go about doing that? Wonderful. If they are, that'd be lovely. And thank you in advance. You can certainly um, visit our website at rosiesplace.org. 
and um, just click donate or give right right on the homepage. But um, there's also, you'll find a host of other ways to support us. Um, everything from hosting a virtual fundraiser to a virtual food drive. Um, here again, um, since the pandemic, we've really um, embraced technology as so many folks have, and also, um, you know, we're able to receive sort of exactly what we need for our pantry or for our guests through Amazon, through Peapod. So, so, so many things like that, um, that don't require guests, uh, volunteers or donors coming in. Um, and it's, it's been great. So there's all, all sorts of ways to help like that by helping us stock our food pantry, um, help with care packages for our guests. Um, all that is at rosyplace.org. Well, that is fantastic. And it's hard to believe that we've already reached a half an hour and towards the end of our, our podcast today. But I want to thank again, Jamie Doyle for joining us today. If you want more information again on Rosie's Place, you can visit the website www.rosiesplace.org. That's correct. correct. You got it. That information will be right here on the bottom of your screen. If you're uh, not able to get that. If you're watching, if you're listening, I will also have it in the description of the podcast link for you as well. So look for that. Uh, again, if you have questions or comments about today's episode of the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me directly at brianives at gmail.com. We're also still taking suggestions for our special series of giving back to the global community. If you have an organization you think we should spotlight right here on the Cultural Connections, you can email me at brianives at gmail.com, B-R-I-A-N-I-V as in Victor, E-S at gmail.com. And that email address will be right here on the bottom of your screen as well. So again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. And again, thank you to Jamie for joining me. And we will see you next time on the Cultural Connections podcast. My name is Brian Ives, and I'm the producer and host of the Cultural Connections podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Brian. Thank you again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch this episode again in its entirety on our YouTube channel. This podcast is also available on listening platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Radio Public, and New TV. Thanks again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections Podcast.